You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, the mitzvah of Osili Mikdash is one mitzvah, and that means we should have a place. A place, Yavo Elovi Yachogu. Now, the, 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 it doesn't mention here to bring Karbonos until the next line. A place that's Muchan. The idea in the Rambam, you have a place that's Muchan, that you'll be able to go to V'yechogu. Yechogu means to celebrate. It's connected to the Karbonos that are happening afterwards, but it's about celebration. And you will also do hakrava there. You'll bring the animals there or other aspects of what you're going to bring there. And there is going to be the kibbutz b'moadim. That's the essential purpose of the mishkan. And then it has parts. And as we saw last week, the Rambam seems clearly to say, don't count those details. Because they're all part of the big picture. You need the kalim in order to create this. With the kalim there, you have the complete panorama. You have the complete stage that you can now go there and be a place to celebrate, bring korbonos, gather at the essential times in our calendar and feel God's presence. Well, he doesn't really mention God's presence, but that's that, that's to come. Okay. We didn't read this last week. This is something new. This is the Rambam and Sefer Mitzvahs. Again, this is translated from the Arabic um, by Rav um, Shmuel Ibn Tibon, and this is what he says. Here he says, he, doesn't, he mentions first the Hakrova, Remember, look at the way the Rabbim calls it. He calls it a bias avoda, or a base avoda. Avoda. And what is avoda? Hakrava. An aish that's going to be there. Now, again, the aish is there for the pieces to go on the Mizbeach, for the pieces uh, afterwards all night. But there's always going to be this fire there. So in this other section of Sefer Mitzvos. The idea of a chagiga, of a celebratory place, seems to be submissive to the greater idea, the, the, the graphic idea of animals and, and, and also grains and other things that get placed there and are offered and burnt to God. And it's also the place that you're going to go up for every umptus, and this is the place around that the Jewish people gather. The Rambam, for some reason, needs to prove that this mitzvah, which wasn't just in the Midbar, was, wasn't just in the Midbar, that this mitzvah replicated itself about for the Jewish people when they went into Israel. In other words, it wasn't just, okay, this was a mitzvah of making a mishkan during those 40 years, but rather that mitzvah morphs or is, 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 is basically still active and becomes like this new 
aspect of a mitzvah, it becomes a, a more larger mitzvah, like it says here, Sholosh mitzvahs netztavi Yisrael b'shas kinsos and loretz. One is to have a king, um, and to build a base of a chira. This is a new terminology, not mikdosh, not mishkon, base of a chira. Those three mitzvahs. So we just, of course, had Parsha Zohar, where we emphasize this third mitzvah. So these three mitzvahs are all interconnected, and it's still relevant. In other words, even though they brought, listen to what I'm saying, even though they brought the Mishkan with them into Eretz Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael, this mitzvah of Asali Mikdash really asserts itself in even a stronger way. It needs to be established in some spot where it isn't traveling around as it was in the Mishkan. And that's what he says. Binyan Beis HaBechira is a mitzvah bifnei atzma. It isn't just, okay, now bring this thing into Eretz Yisrael. It has its own shame mitzvah. And as, now, here's the diuk that I wanted, the first diuk I want to make tonight, which I think is an important one. Kvar be'arnu shezak lahu halokim. This has many parts. What parts does the Rambam quote? Okay, here are the parts. Menorah, Shulchan, Mizbeach. Hmm. Okay. Vizulosam. Hmm. What's missing here? What's missing here is the Oro, right? <laughs> Menorah, Shulchan, Mizbeach, Vizulosam. We'll see what the others are. They're all parts of what a mikdash is. When you have them all together, you kore mikdash. Now, even though there's a command on the details, but you don't count it as a separate mitzvah, meaning, according to the Rambam, the kalim, as we said last week, are only a means to get the idea of mikdash complete. Now, um, and again, he mentions the rest. Vizulosam. <laughs> um, sort of like the first uh, couple of seasons of Gilligan's Island, right? When you have, and the rest, right? And eventually, they, the, eventually, the professor and Marianne got their own chashivas, uh, right? But Zulosam. So it's sort of like, 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 okay. You got Shulchan and the Menorah and the Mizbeach, right? What are the rest? Well, the rest is the Keves, which is... Uh, um, Kevish, which is you go up on the Mizbeach. That's that's the other one. Then you have the Kior and the Kanai. All right, that's going to be the, that's going to be Menorah, Shulchan, Mizbeach, and the Mizbeach Hazov. So that's going to be the ones that the Rambam. And you'll see in a minute how where I'm going to prove that from. Anyway, now the Rambam gets into a question. The Rambam says, hmm. What about the Pasuk before the building of the Mishkan? Remember that? In Parshas Yisro, Mizbach Adama Ta'aseli. Right? That's a Mizbach Adama. Hmm. So that sounds like it's a mitzvah that has nothing to do with the Mikdash. So in other words, everything else, the Ramam's asking a question. All the things that are mentioned in Parshas Truma, you could say are parts of the Mishkan. Parts of the idea of what it makes to be a Mikdash or a Mishkan. But what about the Mizbeach? The Mizbeach is mentioned before, right after the Aserah Sadibros. So the Rambam is asking, it would seem 
that that is a separate mitzvah. There's a separate mitzvah to make a mizbeach, which is separate than the mitzvah of having a beis hamikdash. And um, it's, it's sort of a fascinating thing because we know there was a movement by Rabbi Hershkalasher, as you know, in the 19th century, to get a mizbeach built. He wanted to uh, buy up the area, which he thinks he thought he could. And he was really pushing that we should have a Mizbeach at that spot, which the Rambam tells us is the spot that has been since the time of the Akeda and by Odomarishon. It was the spot where uh, all great sacrifices happened, like by uh, Avram Avinu and Yitzchok, but it's also the place where the offer of Odomarishon was assembled from. And that spot in the Haramaria in uh, Eretz Yisrael is the spot to build a Mizbeach. And there was a tzad to get one built. And Ritzvir Shkalasher, um, you know, used that um, halachic impetus to get a, a Mizbeach built to push for the return to Eretz Yisrael. And that's why many in the Zionist movement see a student of Rav Kivager in the middle part of the 19th century as a proto-Zionist. Um, I, I don't know if he would have been happy with what with the Zionist movement, but he definitely wanted there to be, and he was trying to get Rothschild and others uh, to buy up land and to use the Mizbeach as the beginning of the Mashiach's time, in a sense that we would get the Mizbeach built, and the Mizbeach would be separate than the Mikdash. Anyway, so that was what Tzvi Yerushkalu... Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm, I'm t- totally confused now. I mean, not by what you said, but I mean, this is... Uh, what about uh, the laws in Vayikra? You can't bring any sacrifice if you don't bring it right there. And that is the right place. In other words, the mizbeach would be the mizbeach without the without you. You didn't need the mikdash around it. So Kalisher was theorizing, and he and he actually put the question out to all the gedolei yisrael of the time. Why not? Why don't we discover using the Rambam and other sources where that mokum would be? We're in Eretz Yisrael. We have enough people there, Bob. Why don't we just get the Mizbeach built? And at least we could be makriv the Korban Pesach. That's what he thought we could have done first. In other words, let's get the Korban Pesach brought. So I didn't mention that part. <laughs> Not, in other words, it was, he wasn't necessarily saying, let's bring the Korban Tumid every day. But let's at least have one Korban done. You know, I mentioned to... Um, you know, the great the Shimshon Pincus, uh, Oliver Shalom. Um, you know, you've heard of him, right? A lot of people speak about him. I'm sure many of you have heard about him. Um, he died much too young, and he was on his way. He was becoming one of the premier um, Jewish thinkers and, 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 and pietists. Um, so he was once uh, uh, connected with a, a question. A bocher came to him and discovered that he wasn't Jewish. He discovered that, um, that, the, that his mother was not really a, uh, a ger tzedek, um, that uh, the gioris was not kosher, and, or that he found out that she was a gioris and not a true gioris, and he discovered that he was really a non-Jew. So and he was a very 
solid, maybe even a, a guy who had already started Kolel or something. So the question is, what should he do? So most, you know, of course, he loved Torah and he loved being uh, a person connected to Yiddishkeit and everything about it. So there was some people who said, okay, go, you've discovered it, go become a Ger Tzedek, go as soon as possible, you know that you love this, and become a complete Jew, and you'll try to patch up all the, the, you know, the, the problems that might have happened in the past. Rav Pincus said to him, maybe not. In other words, before you do this, we know that we the Jewish people, we can't bring a carbon outside of the Beis HaMikdash. But you, you could bring a Bama. You could go and build a Bama and bring a carbon. A guy could bring a carbon. <laughs> you have the schus as a guy to bring a carbon that you don't have now. Do you know what that could mean? Go and find an animal, build a Mizbeach, and, and be makriv on that Mizbeach, and you have the schus. Anyway, that's what Rapinkas thought might be a good idea for him. Anyway, it's it's a fascinating question and comes up a lot. What would you do if you discovered you're not really Jewish? Right? Many people would just say, that's it, man. I'm out of here. And I know stories of people who have actually said that. My point, though, is the schus of Corbonus, as Pinkus understood was something Kalisher understood as well. And therefore, he felt, you know what it would be if all Claudius Stroll not only just goes there to Stroll and, and builds little farming communities and, 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 and we pay off the Arabs, but if we actually assemble and know that there's a Mizbeach that we can go to and people will and, 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 and will bring the carbon Pesach, we'll make ourselves Tahar. So and, and we don't need to, I'm sorry, because it's Tumas Hutra Bitsipa, we don't even make ourselves Tahar. <laughs> so that was the that was the push that Kawashra had to bring and he and he wrote it in a safer called Drishas Tzion. Um so the uh the the Rambam is really dealing with this right now. So let's take a look. There's a pasuk called Mizbach Adama Tasli. So isn't that a mitzvah outside of the mitzvah of having a Beis HaMikdosh? I'll tell you what this means. You know what the simple pshat of the pasuk is? In other words, there was a time when you, in the times when you can bring a, the bummus were allowed. When were the Bumas allowed? Okay, those of you that learned Dafyomi with me when we did these Gemaras, or those of you that know the Dafyomi on your own, know that the Gemara actually is very fascinated with the time that you were allowed to have your own Mizbeach in your own backyard. Okay, so when could you do that? So that was during a certain historical period. The first 14 years when they were fighting and figuring out, getting rid of the non-Jewish uh, aggressive presence and dividing up the land. Then, the where was the... Because uh, the, then, the Mishkan, as it were, uh, was in one place in Gilgal for 14 years. Then it went, of course, to Shiloh. Shiloh was basically a bias. Shiloh, the, it was much more concrete. It didn't have a roof, but it was still a place that... Uh, was very much like a base of Mikdash, and actually uh, the Shiloh, Mishkan Shiloh, lasted 390 years. During that period, you couldn't uh, bring Karbonos uh, on Bamot, on private uh, altars. Okay? Now, after Shiloh was destroyed, 
we know that the Mishkan and where the Kohanim uh, uh, um, were basically assembled was in Nov and Givon. That was 75 years uh, till the time of Shlomo Melech and the building on uh, Hara Maria. So it was for about 80, um, 75 and 14, 89. So for 89 years in our history, we had the Heter Bumlis, where you're allowed to bring your own individual. Now, let me say parenthetically here. Throughout Bias Rishon, people were over this Avera and made, did their own Bumlis. Even in the time of Kiskiyo Amelech, one of the greatest tzaddikim, he, he he found it impossible to get rid of the bumos. So yes, halachically bumos were allowed for eighty nine years, Nov and Givon and Gilgal. Practically, the Jews really liked it, and it was done in many ways. Even in Yerushalayim itself, there were bumos. But anyway, the real heter of the bumos was for. Uh, 89 years. So says the Rambam, Bishas heter abomos. Shoyemutr lono bismanahu shanasim isbeach adama bachol mokom benakriv bo. So that's what that Pusik is about. So that Pusik at the end of Parshas Yisro is basically a historical curiosity Pusik. It's a Pusik that only applies when you could have had a bummer. So if you want to make your own, it has to be made out of Adoma. Um, however, Chazal do say differently. Chazal say, Kfar Omer Aleyam HaShalom, Ki inyin zeh hu shetziva libnoz mizbeach, Shemuchubra ba'aretz, V'shelo yeh netak u'metaltel k'mosh hoye b'midbar. What this really means is, even though it's written before the Mishkan, when it says Mizbach Adama, it means it has to be connected to the ground and it could not be ripped out of the ground. It wasn't a movable item. So in other words, the simple pshat is it's going on the bummer. However, Chazal say, it's, it, it's a mitzvah that precedes the building of the Mishkan, but it tells us that eventually there's going to be a place where the Mizbeach is going to be stuck to the ground and it's not going to be able to be moved like it was in the Mishkan. Meaning, according to what the Rambam is quoting from Chazal, the Pasuk at the end of Parshas Yisro is sort of a prophetic Pasuk, which is there to say, you're going to have it, we, I, you're gonna, the Mishkan's coming up in a couple of Parshios. However, I just want you to know that unlike the other Kalim in the Beis HaMikdash that were movable, like the Shulchan and the Menorah, Talk about the Aron soon. The Mizbeach that will eventually be in that spot needs to be unmovable. It has to be Mechuber Ba'adama. He says, V'kasher Hoya Adover Kain, since that's true, Hinei Zetzivu Noe Lidoros. So it turns out, even though 
it's different. The Mizbeach was a little bit different than the other Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash. The other Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash, along with the principle of making a Mikdash, was something that would find its eventual completion in Yerushalayim and Haram Ariyah. Some of you might remember I quoted a number of months ago uh, an explanation from Rav Soloveitchik that there's actually two aspects to the building of a Mishka. One is from the Pasik of Ba'asui Mikdash, and the other is the Pasik of Lushikno Sidrashu Ubasu Shama, which is what the Rambam quotes in Hilchos Malachim. And if you might remember what I said a couple of months ago, you can listen to it, I think they're all on the our, our podcast platform. There's one mitzvah, which is the mitzvah of having a mok a, a, a bias makudash meaning a place, and that place has Kedusha as long as there's a bias there, which is like Shiloh. Shiloh was Mekudosh. Now, was the area of Shiloh Mekudosh? No. Was the, was the land underneath it and that spot holy? No. But the building, and, what you, and obviously what you're now going to do there it was a kiyum and all the mitzvahs. And in Shiloh, they were able to be makayim, all the mitzvahs of Ola and Chattis. And basically for 390 years, you, you pretty much had a normal Beis HaMikdash type of life. However, it was not the Beis HaBechira. It wasn't the place that was chosen yet by God that would be forever. The proof is that when the Mishkan of Shiloh is destroyed, listen to what I'm saying, for the next 75 years, hey, everybody, go to the Bomos. Why? Because the Beis HaBechira hasn't happened. Once the Beis HaBechira is chosen, which is, of course, the Goran of Arnon and Yavusi and the Mokom of the Beis HaMikdash, so that place becomes the place that is chosen. Now you have Kedushas Mokom, not just Kedushas Mikdash. There's Kedushas Mikdash and Kedushas Mokom. Shiloh had Kedushas Mikdash, but it didn't have Kedushas Mokom. And therefore, once Shiloh was gone, that's the reason when, the, when that Mishkan, despite whatever they did to it to, to pretty it up, it was in Nov and Givon, anybody can still do their own Mizbeach and have their own Bama. Because, but once the Beis HaMikdash was chosen, now that even though there's been a destruction and there's nothing there, we can't use Bamos anymore. And we need to do what Kalisher says, is maybe go back to that same spot. Because that's the spot that's Makudish. What Kalisher was being Makadish was, you don't need the Beis HaMikdash around in order to bring a carbon. But you still got to be in that spot. That spot is the only spot that, that, it, that has the Kedusha that any of this, any Korbanos or anything else can happen. So, the Rambam, going back to the Rambam, the Rambam is saying that the Pasuk at the end of Parshas Yisro is, in a, in a way, saying this baby is different. Meaning the other Kalim eventually get replicated in the Beis HaMikdash, and you still need them in order to have that mitzvah, but they are um, movable items. They're items that can be moved around. But the Mizbeach, when you do get the Mizbeach, when you do go to Eretz Yisrael, maybe even in Shiloh, I'm not sure, can't be a movable thing anymore. 
And that's what this Pasuk is about. So right. now, Isn't that supposed to be on the Harabayit? So how, how would... Uh, I thought there were all kinds of problems about going on Harabayit, especially where the, the, the mosque, the golden mosque is. Okay, so th- that's part of what Kawashar wanted to do was to allow people to go on there. He felt that especially it's Tuma, as I said, Tuma's Hutra B'tzibur. Because for the Korban Pesach, people would be allowed to do it. Since we know where the spot is, uh, one of the things that, uh, so Jack, part of the reason we can't go to Arabi is because we're Tumay, right? Now, the, you were talking about the political issues. We know, and history bears this out, that there were people always going on to Harabayas and going into that area. We, we didn't always have intifada-type um, attitudes where, you know, oh, Sharon is trying to come to thing, let's throw stones at him and kill him. That wasn't always the case. And, and, and the relationships in the mid-19th century were positive enough that many people felt it was a, definitely a doable thing. Yeah. Again, we weren't trying. Remember, we didn't have our own country. We were going to do it with the permission of the Turkish authorities. Why not? Now, but you, what you could ask, Jack, is what did we know who the Kohanim were? Right? Okay, you don't have to be Tomei. You can be Tohar. You, you, you don't have to be Tohar. You can be Tomei. But how about the Kohanim? Shchit of the Korban Pesach, as we learned, is an important mitzvah. But it's not just the Shechita, remember? It's the Kabbalah Saddam and the Zrika Saddam. That you need a Kohen to do. So, who was going to do that? So that was one of the issues that many Rabbanim felt, like the Chassam Sofer and others, were, was problematic with what Kawashir was suggesting. Um, that we don't have Kohanim. Who knows if you're really a Kohen or not. So... Um, not sure if we have any Kohanim listening with us today, but um, there, it's one thing to do Birchas Kohanim. It's another thing to actually uh, be involved in being Makriva Korban, of actually being Makabal Dadam, etc. That might be uh, another problem altogether. So, anyway, so getting back to the Rambam one more time. So the Rambam says that it's part of the Mikdash. In other words, you're right. In the midbar, it was it was movable, but eventually it's not going to be movable. And when it's unmovable, it's got to be what? It's got to be stuck to the ground. But the Torah writes later in Sefer Dvarim that it should be called Mizbach Avonim, which means it's even though it's connected to the ground, it's made up of solid pieces. Okay. And the Rambam then quotes. I, it says, which sounds like, if you want to, if you want to, make a Mizbeach. That's what it says. So we know that Rabbi Shmuel says that im is not a Rishus. Most ims are a Rishus, except for three. One of them, of course, is when Parshas Mishpatim that we had uh, two weeks ago in Kesav Talvez Ami, giving tzedakah. And this is another one, Im Takrev Minchas Bikurim, that's the second one, that's not a Rishus. And Im Mizbach Tasali is not a Rishus. You have to do it. Im Mizbach Chova. Ah, maybe you're going to say it's a Rishus, meaning it's just the mitzvah if you want a Bama. 
So the, the Rambam quotes the Pasik, quoting the Mechilta, quoting the Pasik in Sefer Dvarim, Avanim Shlemos Tivna as Mizbach Hashem Alekecha. So you see from there, there is a mitzvah to build a Mizbeach out of stones, and that's part of the Mikdash. Okay. So that's the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvos about the Mishkan. With the interesting... Rabbi, Rabbi Kivalevich, yes. uh, you said there were two aspects of the Mishkan. One is the mitzvah of having a holy place, but I'm sorry, maybe you a, a holy building. One place yeah. is one place is the is the bias is Makudish. Okay, and the other the... is the Mokom becomes the Mokom of Kedusha. Mm-hmm. The mo- and that Mokom can't change once that happens. That only happened in, in Nahara Maria. Um, as I said before, um, Shiloh was only a bias Makudish. In fact, Rav Salvechik takes this idea and he, and, he, and he explains that David HaMelech was the one who made the Mokum Makudish. But you still need to make the bias Makudish. In other words, one could come before the other. Shiloh only had one. The Beis Amitash of Shlomo had both. David HaMelech was the one who laid the foundation and created the base Abahira. But the binion of the bias, and then sanctifying, the, giving the bias Kedusha, that building, that physical building, not the geographic aura area around it, that David HaMelech did. That's all the Kiddush of Rav Salvechik, and he has proofs to that idea. Okay? So, as the Rambam says, that, therefore I've proven, again, that Binyan Beis Amikdash and how it's supposed to look and the Mizbeach. You can find all these mitzvahs in the Gemaras and you can look them up over there. Okay. All right, one more Rambam. Actually, one more Rambam say from mitzvahs. Okay, this is very relevant to this week's parasha. The mitzvah for the Kohanim to wear a special begodim covered with teferis. Okay. Okay. Did you just see what the Rambam's counted? This is a mitzvah? Not the mitzvah of serving in the base of Mikdash. The mitzvah of a Kohen to get those begotten on, which are glorious. And of course, that allows him to serve in the base of Mikdash. And that's in this week's parsha. And then you have not only the making of them, but the making and them wearing those clothes, as we have at the end of the parsha during the Yemea Miluim. So these two things go together, making them and dressing them. That's the mitzvah of the Kohanim to wear the Begadim. One big mitzvah, and it counts the eight begotten the Kohen Gadol, the four the Kohen Adyot. Okay. Now, if you don't, and if you're going to do Avoda without these begotten, what, of course, is the din? Your the Avoda is not a kosher Avoda, and you're a Zor. A, a Kohen who, who attempts to do Avoda without the, all the begotten on, he's like a Yisrael. And he's like Misa Bidei Shemayim. Now, the Rambam says that that part, 
that your chai of Misa, if a Kohen doesn't wear the begadim, is not in the Torah specifically. You can't find it uh, openly. The Pasuk does, though, say, as it says in uh, Parshas um, uh, Tzav, I believe, V'chagarto sam avnet kohuna lechukas olam. It does say that, or it might be in Parshas Tetzavah, it might be in the Parshas Tetzavah, that they become Kohanim by having the Begadim. So Chazal see from this Pasuk that when the Begadim are on them, they are Kohanim. If they don't have the Begadim on them, they're, they, they're not really Kohanim. Okay? Now, The Rambam then writes a proof that wearing the begotim are a mitzvah. Now, you realize here, and this is going to be the Ramban's criticism, that you could say that wearing begotim is what you need to be a Kohen, but the mitzvah is for the Kohen to do avoda, <laughs> But not a separate mitzvah to wear the begotim. But the Rambam counts it as a separate mitzvah. And the Rambam now is going to prove it. Um, I have told you many, many times that the Rambam, in order to prove his points, often went to the earliest Midrashim, the Safra. And you remember what I've told you in the past, that the Ramban felt that the Rambam sort of, sort of like, you know, um, ignored the, the Gemaras, remember? Like when we talked about the mitzvah of 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 losikravu, of not of of uh, of of being involved in hugging and kissing uh, the arayas, and the Rambam based his whole isur on his reading of the safra of the Torahs Kehanim, and if you remember, the Ramban took him to task for not seeing the Gemara in Shabbos and reading it, with a, reading it in an analytic fashion, and he would have seen that whatever it said in the Torah's Kaihanim could not be taken as literal. Once again, we're going to find here, the Rambam is going to rely on the Safra. And look what he says. Because what does it say in the Safra? It says, You're not supposed to wear them our own to show off, Ella. Look at that chaf here. Kimikayim gzeres hamelach. The Rambam says, "You see, wearing them is a is fulfillment of a mitzvah." Talmud Lomar v'yas kasher tziva Hashem es Moshe. So that's what he did. In other words, just like God commanded, our own did it, which means he wore the begadim. And wearing the begadim is a command. So to wear the begadim is itself not doing the avoda. That's another mitzvah. But the the wearing the begadim is a mitzvah saseh for the kohanim. Begadim elu. Now the Rambam needs to now explain. Well, wh- what do you mean that you're not wearing it to show you're great? So the Rambam says, even though. They are gold, and they have all these incredible jewels on them. And if you wear the Urm Vitumim, can you imagine what it's like? You feel great. You're wearing stuff that nobody in the world wears. 
Don't think that when you're wearing them, look how beautiful I look. I, I, I'm so lucky. No. When you're doing it, you're doing it because God commanded Moshe to, to, to command you to wear them and to wear them in the base of Mikdash. So, obviously, putting them on when you're not in the base of Mikdash is not a mitzvah. You're not supposed to just wear them around. That's also. But wearing them in the base of Mikdash, I guess, as you're waiting to do one of the avodos, is a mitzvah. Not the mitzvah of the avoda itself. Just having the begotim on. That is the Rambam's opinion. Okay. Um, uh, since we're talking about that, I want to show you the Ramban's criticism of this mitzvah. Okay. Now, the, the Ramban says, okay, um, the Ramban starts with seemingly a non-adversarial comment. He says, yeah, it's in the Pasik, very big parsha. it's called Parshas Tetzaveh, with all the begotim and everything. Interesting, our, our good friend the Bahag does not count it. He does count, however, when he counts the negative commands, someone who doesn't wear the Begadim who does Avoda. Why? You know why? Because the Bahag is thinking, in other words, you're not fulfilling a mitzvah when you're sitting on the on-deck circle, and you're not supposed to wear them home. What they are is essential, like the Rambam quoted, to be the Kohen, which means it's a hechsher for the avoda. This is what allows you to do avoda. Shim ovad b'pochas mehen, This is the way you're a real Kohen. So basically, it's part of the mitzvah of avoda if you use them. So, and in fact, if the Rambam is right, that just wearing them is a mitzvah, so maybe the, maybe the Rambam should have counted the wearing of the Kohen Gadol's Begadam on Yom Kippur as a mitzvah. Right? Because the truth is, right, um, your Chai of Misa, uh, the Kohen Gadol's Chai of Misa, if he wears the gold Begadam and does the Avoda there, so, um, and maybe there should be two mitzvahs. The Kohen Gadol has a mitzvah and the Kohen Edyot has a mitzvah. Obviously, the Rambam didn't go there. The Rambam fused them together. And just like last week, where the Ramban feels that the Rambam is already 50% in his camp, he says, then I don't understand you. You shouldn't have counted it as a separate mitzvah at all. They are just part of the mitzvah of doing avoda. In other words, there's a mitzvah for a Kohen to do avoda, and this is the way he needs to, to be a Kohen. And, and the Rambam himself knows you don't count them. Now, therefore, here's the point. I didn't say anything in mitzvah chaf. If you look in the Ramban, if you look in the Sefer mitzvos, critique of the Ramban, mitzvah chaf, which we read before. Remember, that was the one with the Mizbeach and everything. The Ramban was quiet. He waited here to pounce on his prey. And he says, 
Lachain, lo nimna anachno asiyas ashulchan of a menorah of Mizbeach Mitzvah. I agree with, with the Rambam. I don't count this as a mitzvah either, building the shulchan, the menorah, and the mizbeach. Why? But not because of the reason the Rambam says. You know why? Because you know what a shulchan is? A shulchan is a place to put the lechem upon him on. Listen to the Rambam's, uh, the Ramban's uh, logic. The same way the begodim are not in themselves separate. Parshas Tetzaveh is only the means to the purpose, which is to do avoda with these begodim. The description in Parshas Truma of the Kalim are only there, those Kalim are the means to fulfill the avoda the Kali was meant to do. Which means, according to the Rambam, the reason why the, the Shulchan is a Chalik of the Beis Amikdash, the Mizbeach, all these things are what allows you to have a Mokam of Avoda. And without them, you don't have a true Mokam Avoda. The Ramban says that the Kalim are only the means to do specific Avodos. They aren't part of the big mitzvah of making the Mikdash. The same way the Begadim are the means to do Avoda. So what is the, where is the mitzvah to make a Shulchan? You know where the mitzvah to make a Shulchan is? It's part of the mitzvah of doing Lechem upon him. Because you can only do lechem upon him by putting it on a shulchan. <laughs> Without a shulchan, the bread can't go anywhere. Okay, there's a mitzvah for there to be hadlokas neros constantly in the morning and the afternoon in the Beis HaMikdash. But you know what? You can't fulfill the mitzvah unless you have a menorah of zav. And it's got to look like this. And unless it looks like this and has this weight and, and has this image, then you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of of, of the menorah. Which means they are Tashmishe Kedusha. I didn't like what the Rambam wrote 13 mitzvahs ago, that it's Chelet Mi Chelke Amikdash. Why? Here you go. It's not that the parts are what creates the Beis HaMikdosh. The Kalim of the Beis HaMikdosh are, are, are important because to do the Avoda that each Kali symbolizes and is the, the vehicle to facilitate that Avoda. But it's not that the Kali creates the Mikdosh. Avoheim Shtayim Mitzvos. There are two separate Mitzvos. You could have a Beis HaMikdosh built And they're not ma'ak of each other. And the proof is, Now you need a mizbeach. But you're, as we know, for years after Chorben Bayas Risha, during the period that we celebrate and talk about during Purim, the period where Zerubovel had gone up to Eretz Yisroh and built a Mizbeach. They built the Yisod. The bias wasn't built yet. But there was a Mizbeach there during the period that Esther was uh, arguing and, and, and trying to save the Jewish people. And Rebbe Lozer 
says that they were makriv korbanos during that period. Makrivim b'bayis afa pishayin bokeilu And there are many that say, based on other Gemaras, that even after the Chorban of the second base on Mikdash, there was a period where they were makriv korbanos. And Kalisher, who I quoted before, quotes sources from Rishonim and Achronim that says that for years, until the Bar Kochba revolt, and things became extremely difficult, people made their way to the Beis HaMikdash. Rabbi Gamliel, who lived after the Churban, who was actually in Yavne, was sent out a letter telling people about bringing the Korban Pesach and telling them why they needed to uh, wait in order to add an extra month to the year, the Gemara and Sanhedrin says, because it's still cold. And therefore, we need to add an extra month in order for everybody to bring the carbon Pesach in the proper time. So you see from these Gemaras that during the, after Chorban Bayis Rishon, after Chorban Bayis Sheni, the Kalim and the Beis HaMikdash weren't there. There was no Shulchan, there was no Menorah, and yet, there was Hakrova. And therefore, the Ramban says, you see, the Kalim are not essential for a place to bring Korbanos. Therefore, the Ramban says there is one mitzvah. Making the Oron and the Kaporis to put the Edus there. That is a mitzvah of Atzma. The Rambam doesn't count it. But it's interesting the Rambam does not count the Aron as one of the Kalim either. The Aron is really tricky. Let me show you the Rambam in, 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 in Mitzvahs, uh, in the Rambam in the Yad HaZoka. Rabbi, Rabbi Kevlavich, before you go on to that, I'm sorry, I miss, you, you said it maybe, but I, I didn't hear it. What was the, what was the Gemara that talked about... Um, Sending out a letter. Uh, the Gemara to... Sanhedrin says that Rabbi Gamliel sent a letter to the Gola explaining, it was an Aramaic letter, explaining why they are going to add an extra month. Do, the do, reason... you, have the, do you have the daf? I don't have the daf on that. I can try to get it for you. It's a pretty famous Gemara. And, 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 and Kalisher assumed, as did others, that it was the Gamliel of Yavne, not his grandfather who lived when the Beis HaMikdosh was still around. It was the later Gamliel. And therefore, you see that there was actual service going on. Despite the fact that the building was destroyed and burnt to the ground, there was still the Romans were allowing Korbanos to be brought. And that's what the Ramban is saying, that we know that there were Korbanos brought without any of that building. Right? And the Rambam says the purpose is to have a place to bring Korbanos. And the Kalim, are, uh, with the Kalim, that creates the identity of that place. Ramban says that's not true. Now, I, I wanted to show you this. Did I clear it up, Bob? I, I don't have the dot for you, but... Uh, that's all right. I, I think I can find it. I hope the reiteration is good enough. Okay. The, the Rambam says, if you take a look, Neuchas Beis Abachira, Mitzvah say live lasos bias la Hashem. Okay, but the per- number one purpose muhan lios makrivim boa korbanos, ready to get korbanos brought there. Then he talks about the chagiga. So this is the opposite seder 
in the Sefer Mitzvahs. The Sefer Mitzvahs, he mentions Chagiga first and Korbanos second. Here he mentions Korbanos first. Okay. The Rambam then goes into about Shiloh and the Urios and the things I already mentioned already. Then the Rambam says that what does it mean to build a base on Mikdash? Now you would think he starts with the Kalim, but he says no, there needs to be the area, and the area designated as Kodesh, and then Kodesh Kedoshim. Then another area that's called, before the Kodesh, called the Ulam, and the three of them together have a, a name called Heichal. And then there's a Mechitza around the Heichal, which is similar to the Kalei Achotzer, which were mentioned in last week's Parsha. And everything that was in these mechitzas is similar to the Ol Moed mentioned continuously in the in the Sfarim of the Torah, and that's called in the Mishnah language during Bais Rishon and Bais Sheni. That was called the Azora. It wasn't called the Azora in the Mishkan, but look what the Rambam says: all of this is called Mikdash, meaning these designated areas: Kodesh, Kodesh Kedoshim. Ulam, all called the Heichal, and then the Azara around it. Now, in that Mikdash, you need to put seven Kalim. Okay? I broke this up for you. One is the Mizbach Laola, or and the other Korbanos. The other is the Kevesh, that you go up the ramp. Mm-hmm. That's, that's number two. Number three is the Kior, that the Kohanim wash their hands and feet. Kano is the base. You wouldn't have known that, right? That's number four. Then you have number five, six, and seven is Mizbayach Lektores, Menorah, and Shulchan. That's your seven. And the three of those are in the Kodesh. What's missing? The Aron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't mention the Aron as one of the Kalim that's necessary to go in the Mikdash. Now, where does he mention the Aron? He mentions the Aron not even in this whole section of Hilchas Beisab. Well, he mentions it later. In Hilchas Beisab, here, Perak Dalid, he says there was an Evan in the Kodesh Akdashim, and there the Aron was there. And you had there the Tsensenos Amon and the Mata Aron. And he mentions here, which is interesting, why he puts this in halacha at all, that when Shoma built the Beis HaMikdash and he knew that it was about to be destroyed, that it was going to be destroyed, he put a place for the Aron to hide uh, deep, deep into the ground, and Yeshua Melech is the one who pulled the trigger on that and said, let's hide it already, just like Shoma Melech knew. Okay. Um, what does the Rambam gain by even telling this us this? Um, the Rambam also says that was was hidden at that time was the staff of Aaron and the jar of Mun was also hidden at that time. And none of those came back but by Yesheni. And even the Urmatumim didn't work. Okay. Th- this is such a strange thing to put into halacha. It's interesting, but what 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 do we gain from this halachically? Right? Now. The Rambam in the Hilchas Kleamikdash mentions a mitzvah about the Oron. To carry the Oron ala kosef. And also that you can't take the bottom out. 
So the Rambam knows the Aron is part of the mitzvahs, but there is no mitzvah to have an Aron. He doesn't mention it as, as part of the Beis HaMikdash, although he knows it was there, and he mentions why it wasn't there later. So let's take a look again at the, at the Ramban and finish off with this. I'm going to finish off in the next uh, three, four minutes. So the Rambam says, the Ramban says that that should be a mitzvah. And the, Ram, the Rambam doesn't count it. But that should be a mitzvah, not the other kalim. Because the other kalim have a purpose. The Aron, even though you have the, the luchos in there, the purpose is that it is the embodiment of the Shekhinah. That means the Shekhinah is here and God speaks to Moshe through the Aron. But it's not like an avoda, like putting bread on the table or lighting the menorah or putting ketores on the mizbeach or washing your hands from it. And don't say that the, the command, we have no command to have an Aron because the Aron was only there for the Luchos and we lost them, like the Rambam told us, because it, it was, right? Or if you say that the Aron went to Bovel, right? They didn't make another Aron because the Rambam himself counted carrying the Aron as a mitzvah. So why shouldn't he count making the Aron a mitzvah? The mitzvah he kayemes lanu ludoros. We have a mitzvah today of making an Aron because, first of all, the Aron is around. Kayem lanu laolam. We don't know where it is. Right? But as, right? Indiana Jones knew, right? The Aron Imaluchas Kayim Lanu It's there with us forever. And that's why the Rambam says that when we have it and it needs to be moved, you need a Levi or a Kohen to carry it. And therefore, it has nothing to do with a certain time. If you have it, and if it needs to be moved, like the Rambam says, you have to carry it on your shoulders. The Ode. And it's going to come back. And therefore, it's really a mitzvah that's Kayim Ludoros. And the same way the Rambam mentions the mitzvah of carrying the Aron, he should have mentioned making the Aron as a mitzvah saseh, because we have this mitzvah too. Now, but Saul made it, and it's still around. But if chas v'sholo, somehow it wouldn't be found. If chas v'sholom, the menorah, I'm sorry, the aron, would somehow be shattered. We would lose it in the, um, where was it in, in Indiana Jones? It was in the, um, it was in that place where everything is, right? I forgot what that place is called, uh, in Washington. Right, right. Where they where they put it in a box somewhere, right? So if chas v'shom be lost or it be broken, then we've got to make it again, and we've got to put the we've got to put the luchos in there. And therefore, it's a mitzvah miyuchedes bifnei atzma. It's not a hechsher like the menorah and the mizbeach and the shulchan. It's its own individual powerful mitzvah. One last line from what the Ramban writes in his parish on Chumash. He writes here in Parsha's, last week's Parsha. Um, he writes that um, 
following. When he talks about the mitzvah of having an aron, he says that that's why it says va'asu aron. Why? The other psukim say Moshe did it. Because it's true, Moshe represented all of us in making the aron. But but unlike the other parts of the Beis HaMikdash, God wants you to know you we all make the Aron because it is holy and it is how the Shechina, it's a representation of the Shechina within us. And by the fact that we are all part of it, that's how we not only bring Shkina here, it's how we are Zoha to be able to understand anything in learning. And that's what the Medrash says. Why doesn't all the other Kalim it says Vasisa and the Oran it says Vasu? Rabbi says because everyone is involved in the making of the Aron. Why? Because if you're involved in it, you can be Zoha to Torah. So how do you are involved in it? You let the experts make it. How does the guy in Paducah, Kentucky is connected to it? She is Nadev, Kol Echad, Klizov, Echad. Contribute to it. Whatever tiny amount you contribute to whatever the Aron is, you're part of it. Well, let's say everybody contributed already. There's nothing left. Okay, help Pitsalo out. Send them a letter. Send them, say, young man, you did a good job. Whoever is the architect who's building the Aron, send them a note. Say that, hey, I can help you. Or you do it in your brain. You do it in your mind. In your mind, even though it's not happening, you say, I do believe in the Aron. I do believe in the Shechina. I do believe that God can speak to human beings, not just in our Sinai. It can happen now. And I have a connection to that. And whatever Torah comes, I'm connected to that. That's how we build the Aron. That, the Ramban says, is a way to fulfill that mitzvah. All things that, it's interesting, that the Rambam <laughs> leaves out the, he doesn't mention it as a keli, but he doesn't go into this mystical path that the Ramban has. So it's almost like he's afraid to mention it as a keli because he knows it's not really a keli. On the other hand, he doesn't count it as a mitzvah either, the idea of making the arm. And he himself talks about this history about the arm being lost and being hidden away. But the Ramban says, wherever it is, we're part of it. And we still have that mitzvah. The same way every single one of us has a mitzvah to put tefillin on and to, to, to take a little of an esrog, there's a mitzvah on every single one of you listening to make the aro. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 